0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Living Electric. We are going to talk a little bit about EV reliability today, but first, I have a small Living the Electric Life update. Um, nothing major. We just took another EV road trip, or kind of road trip. I I, I hate calling it a road trip because it's like we drove up to a friend's house. that's like two and a half hours away. I don't know if that's a road trip, but. I'm gonna count it
1: <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's worth counting it <laughs>
0: yeah um, it's funny too because I've been reading more about like uh or Mallory actually brought up the other day she was like uh some sometimes when people are visiting from uh europe they'll come to the u.s and be talking to travel agents to try to plan out their trip and stuff and they're like oh yeah we want to like go to new york city and then like go down to florida and then go over the grand canyon they're like we can cover that in like a week probably right (laughs) (laughs) it's like just people don't realize the scope and scale of the u.s compared to Uh, some of the other countries so oh yeah
1: yeah i mean yeah we witnessed that firsthand back in september just how like vast the country right (laughs) right you can't just You know, drive for an hour and all of a sudden you're at the Grand Canyon from New York City. I wish, but (laughs) yeah. yeah. That'd be Um, nice.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we took that trip up there uh, relatively easy. We charged up to 100%, drove up there, got there with like 35, didn't have to stop at all on the way up. Um, Or no, we did stop briefly. I forgot, I misspoke. We stopped briefly at the new Upper Sandusky Supercharger um, just because I had to use use the bathroom. so i'm like we might as well stop and charge if we're gonna get out so charged there for a bit and then went to their house and then on the way back stopped at the finley supercharger so oh nice um yeah the one at the those denny's are... right yes yep yes yeah it's always <laughs> weird going to the denny's when you're like i'm not getting anything i just have to use your bathroom so <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that one's at the denny's there so nice yeah relatively uneventful Sometimes we'll plug in at our friend's house on the L1, but I didn't this time and it was it was honestly fine. The It's so limited the amount you really get, especially for a road trip overnight, unless you're staying multiple days. Sometimes it's not worth the trouble of getting everything out trying to plug into the wall all that stuff.
1: So yeah. Well, I mean, especially depending on, like, where you go in Toledo, like, their little pocket of superchargers is expanding pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I think they just opened two new superchargers, one on the west side and then one on the east side of Toledo. So, yeah. And there's one in the north and then obviously the good old Mob Me Ohio one. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> the OG.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's funny going to those older ones because they've like, it's clear that they've been there a while now. <laughs> like yeah. they've been they've been like thoroughly used and they've been they've been put through their bases. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, the other thing, speaking of Ohio, uh, mm-hmm. did you see the news about the uh, tentative, not tentative funding, but like funding for planning for Amtrak expansion? In oh, yeah, Ohio? I did
1: see that. yeah. yeah.
0: I'm excited about that as well. It sounds like it, kind of temper your expectations, I guess, because it's just earmarked for planning. It's not actually any construction. It's not building rail. It's not doing anything. I guess that will benefit the end. And uh, gosh, what do you call that, citizen? Yet, <laughs> but <laughs> it's at least earmarked to to start talking about it. So, I would love to have a train to get from like Columbus to Cleveland or Cincinnati oh, for or sure. all these major cities in Ohio. So.
1: Yeah, that would make it a lot easier. And I mean, talking about uh, railways, um, I know the Biden administration just announced investment into high speed uh, railways, yeah. um, awesome. which is exciting. I mean, I, I guess we'll see if it does get installed. I, I feel like I'm a bit cynical when it comes to like railroads. Yeah. <laughs> um, only just because, like, I, I was talking to Tyler about this earlier. It's like, it, just how many administrations has there been since like Europe and like parts of Asia have had, you know, these high speed, like bullet trains installed yeah. and like, we still don't have that yet. Right. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, I mean, it's exciting, you know, hopefully they can actually get some, right. you know, something in the ground for people to start utilizing, but for uh, sure. I think it's good for Ohio. I, I yeah. think it would be nice to just ride a train instead of having to drive on all these
0: highways. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I was looking at, and the other thing, kind of two parts first i think we absolutely need the high speed trains because just looking at i after that news was announced i went on the amtrak website and like looked at some trips and like how long would it take me to get from like here to washington dc or whatever and like some of these trips are like multiple days and it's like Mm -hmm. i can get there in a car faster than that sometimes like and that's (laughs) just not going to cut it so there's that piece and then i think on the The funding side, I think what's held it up a lot of the times is people still want to drive cars like Mm -hmm. trains and all these other forms of transportation only work if it's faster and cheaper and more convenient than your existing mode of transportation. And unfortunately, the reality is driving cars. So (laughs) that's the uh, (laughs) that's the (laughs) quickest, fastest, most convenient way to get around for most people. So that's what people are going to want to stick with. That's what they want their tax dollars spent on is better roads, more roads, all this stuff. I think with the new generation, people are starting to see like the positives and the benefits of a rail system and more public transportation. So, I'm hoping that changes with the next few uh, administrations and and uh, the politics kind of move that way towards <laughs> towards that uh, <laughs> that sort of thinking.
1: Yeah, well, th- this is where I I put a comment out there, but I don't really have much to say about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll just, we'll
1: we'll just be hopeful, <laughs> just, just, just be hopeful, you know. That's right, that's right, <laughs> yeah. that's so. all we can do as Americans at this point. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, yes, yeah. Well, I, I'm just trying to think if I have anything from you know, like an electric week or you know, anything to add to that. I, uh, I, I guess the best thing that i did was set up my office to be a little bit more acoustic friendly so a little hopefully there's a little less echo and this is a little bit more professional sounding <laughs> so that's all i have to add
0: there you go
1: well, i'm glad um, you had a, a good trip to toledo it's yeah. I actually i like toledo a lot so it's a, it's a pretty cool town
0: yeah yeah we haven't gotten to explore too much around there because most of the time we're up there it's like cold so, if we don't want to go outside. We just stay at their friend's house. So, yeah. yeah, we need to do some more exploring in Ohio, I think, over the summer when things are, when it's nicer out and we want to be outside looking around and doing things. So,
1: yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just go up to uh, Detroit. There's, I think, a right. little bit more things to do up there. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you have the yeah. Toledo Zoo. So, that's true. And they have a beautiful holiday lights, you know, to circle back on what we talked about last week. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: definitely. Well, you want to get into our, our main topic for the day?
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, we can segue <laughs> to that. <laughs> so, um, talking about EV reliability, I, I know in some previous episodes, we touched on some of our personal experience with our own electric vehicles. Uh, in terms of maintenance, how much maintenance might cost, um, but uh, Consumer Reports actually came out with a survey um Essentially saying that electric vehicles are less reliable compared to gasoline vehicles and essentially saying hybrids were the most reliable out of all the vehicles that they surveyed in terms of the issues that they faced. Um, So, um, you know, just like looking at the article and we could definitely put these in the show notes. um, They were saying that electric vehicles are more than 79 percent problematic, more problematic than their gas counterparts um yeah. so you know with that being said that was obviously a mixture of software issues that was battery pack issues electric motor issues um but what i gathered from the survey is that it seemed like most of it was just related to software versus yeah. actual physical parts breaking or you know failing on a, on a right. vehicle right
0: yeah i think the uh That's unfortunately, I think, uh, maybe not a problem exclusive with EVs. I think EVs are definitely pushing the boundaries of kind of tech and cars like most people's newest vehicle that they're offering. Most OEMs, at least newest vehicle they're offering is an EV. So that's their chance Mm -hmm. to test out not only electric drivetrains, but also massive touchscreens, different software. All of this stuff, they're kind of wrapping into this almost like, not prototype vehicle, but it sometimes feels like that with all the new stuff they're trying out in it, right? So mm-hmm. they uh, they touched on that, and then that's kind of, I guess, my my question back to them maybe is like, is this true just because they are so many newer EVs, or is this across the uh, across the industry as well? Like, are there, their hybrids with fancy electronics also having issues, or is this just... An EV thing, like I guess it's a causation uh, versus correlation question. (laughs) Is this just correlated (laughs) with EVs because they have more tech, or is this actually caused by them being EVs? Which I think Mm -hmm. it's it's more the correlation than causation.
1: Definitely, yeah. And I, you brought up a really good point, and Consumer Reports even mentioned it too. With with hybrids, you know, Toyota and Honda hybrids were some of the most reliable vehicles that they that they. Surveyed, right? Uh, you know, in terms of at least the owners, you know, that they surveyed. And if you really think of it, Toyota and Honda have been producing hybrids for over 20 years now. So, yeah. like, essentially, <laughs> that I, I don't want to say, you know, that it's bulletproof technology, but it's been proven to be reliable and they've yeah. been making their powertrains extremely reliable. Right. So, of course, they're not going to have issues. Um, but from what I've read, it seems like it's mostly related back to like infotainment issues, software issues, you know, lagging, touch screens, right. you know, like things like that, that right. might impact um, usability. Um, actually, I do want to ask you a quick question. What? How do you feel about usability issues tying into reliability scores? Because like for me, whenever I think of reliability, I always think of like a a broken engine or like something that might die on a vehicle versus just like a touchscreen issue like what are your thoughts on that
0: Uh, that's a good question because and i guess my definition of those would be usability is probably at least how i interpret that is ease of use like is it able to are you able to figure things out easily is it intuitive all these things whereas reliability is like pretty easy question does does it work or does it not like if it's (laughs) if it doesn't work then it's not reliable if it doesn't work more than it does work then it's not reliable and vice versa so i think that's a pretty easy definition of reliability so uh that's i think sometimes where i get kind of to your point you have to make that distinction is like something could be broken but like is your car still drivable can you still charge like all of these questions kind of go into it of like Hey, is this still a reliable vehicle and it just is having some, some bugs or is it completely unreliable and unusable? So that's, Mm -hmm. that's, I guess, more of a, more of what needs to be discussed or uh, thought about. So,
1: yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that's completely fair reasoning. The only thing that I could think that might impact like a reliability score is if there's like a like an air suspension feature or maybe like mm. your climate control features are part of yeah. that touchscreen, which, you know, we're seeing more and more of in the industry that could definitely impact, you know, your reliability, but like, you know, if you're just changing a radio station or something like that, then I don't know, but if it's actually impacting how a vehicle operates for you, then yeah, I could definitely see that. Right. impacting right. that.
0: And there's, and I guess to, to caveat this, cause I feel like people might comment about this, the, it, it there is some nuance with reliability like it can work but not completely like charging is a clear example like if it's it's yes you can fast charge this car but it's limited to whatever for these reasons that could then impact reliability so yes it's working but maybe not working as intended so i think that's mm-hmm. maybe where some bugs and just things not working as intended could cause reliability right reliability issues
1: so uh, one one thing that I found really interesting in the Consumer Reports um, survey is that they they did talk about how a lot some of the manufacturers are new at making electric vehicles, whereas right. like Tesla has been making electric vehicles for well over a decade now. Um, you know, so they they have the experience to um, make reliable powertrain components you yeah. know they, they did talk about how tesla still struggles with build quality and right. you know how like certain pieces might break or you know bad paint jobs or you know something like that that might well i don't even want to talk about how ba- bad paint job can impact a reliability score. that's just <laughs> I didn't make the survey, but, um, (laughs) I, I did find it really interesting that you brought up that point that for a lot of these manufacturers, they are on some of their first generation platforms, you know, for electric vehicles. So I'm just more curious to see as like time progresses, how things improve in terms of this reliability score. Right.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like it's almost too early to call whether an EV is more reliable than
1: a gas vehicle? I see, I don't, not necessarily only because like, you know, as I, as I was talking about, like some of like the first generation EVs, you know, some of these might be new platforms, but a lot of these manufacturers have had EVs on the market for almost 10 years now. You know, like I'm thinking of like, you know, the Nissan Leaf has been out for, you know, over a decade. Yeah. Uh, You have like the Kia and Hyundais, you know, who they've been making EVs for almost a decade too. Right. Um, so you know, like a lot Ibrids, of these vehicles,
0: not fully. Used.
1: Uh, well, uh, well, you know, like um, Hyundai or Kia had like the Kia Soul EV uh,
0: oh, back fair. in like
1: yeah. 2016, and you know the the Nero EV and the Kona Electric, like those have been out for a few years now. Obviously, you know, like the Ionic Five and the EV6 are on a totally different platform from those vehicles. Right. Um, but like that. I just like, I feel like maybe some of these like newer platforms and like some of these like new technologies are still working the kinks out, right. um, Yeah, you know, especially building 800 volt architecture batteries, like that's still a relatively new technology, <laughs> right? So yeah, yeah. so I, I just think over time, it should hopefully improve.
0: That's, that's at least my feeling is it needs to be a little bit more fair where it's an apples to apples comparison, because you can't compare like a Honda Civic that's been being made for how long now to a brand new EV <laughs> like obviously the brand new car and most people in the car industry will even tell you like never buy the first model year of any vehicle it's not going to be reliable it's going to have problems they're going to fix things like that's not the time to buy a car like buy buy one car a car that's been out a few years and then it is also <laughs> like a few years old like that's going to be the most reliable <laughs> so yes I think uh <laughs> I think that's that's certainly something to keep in mind with a lot of these new EVs coming out, like definitely be weary of the first generation or the first uh, the first model year of some of these vehicles. I think it's something to just as a smart car car buyer to be aware of is that newer models are just going to have problems. That's the way it's always been.
1: (laughs) This isn't an EV problem.
0: This is a car (laughs) industry problem. So yes, I think that's where we maybe need to be a little bit more fair on some of these surveys. If that makes sense, or at least present them more fair.
1: Oh, for sure. Well, that that actually leads into some of the comments and problems I had with the survey, and and I feel like maybe if you're a longtime listener of Living Electric, I feel like this is where it's evident that I have a lot of problems with surveys if they're not transparent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, like this this one still doesn't quite make sense to me. You know, like they they surveyed 330 thousand owners or vehicles. Dating from 2000 to 2024 model year I saw that yeah that's like that's a huge range of vehicles, and if you really yeah. think of it, how many manufacturers or like how many vehicles are sold every year, mm-hmm. millions of vehicles yeah. and like that's such a tiny pocket to make yeah. that an assumption like that, right but my biggest question was, is out of all those vehicles? I didn't see a breakdown of which EVs were surveyed and like what right. those amounts fell into those buckets. So was that like two Ionic fives to like 30 Honda Civics or like, you yeah. know, like Toyota Priuses, um, Pri-Is? um Pri-Is. so <laughs> like <laughs> the plural of Prius that used to be an old commercial. You should look that up if you don't remember. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, but like, that, that's my gripe with this is, you know, they don't give a breakdown of which vehicles were, were surveyed yeah um and i don't know if that's behind like some paywall that i just couldn't find on consumer reports website um but it just to me it's such a general assumption if you aren't surveying like you know a hundred thousand ev owners or like something like that
0: right right um yeah that's i I think what maybe bugs me the most about this is it's just a very simple headline like the headline of this article is electric vehicles are less reliable than conventional cars yeah it's like okay there's more to it than that but also you know don't get your news from headlines (laughs) read the whole article and look into the surveys as we're kind of doing here uh yeah i think that but maybe not the number of vehicles because we've seen some surveys and talked about it on the show where it's like 500 people wrote in to talk about this and it's like 330,000 is a pretty good slice of people and I think the bigger problem I have is the 2000 to 2023 that is a huge range of car Mm -hmm. like the car industry has changed a lot in 23 years it hasn't just like made this subtle switch to EV like modern EVs are only five or six years old, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think around the 2017, 2018 timeframe is when the modern EVs were starting to come out and we had this next generation of cars. I feel like we're almost on the third generation with some of the newer cars coming out. So that I think is maybe what I have a bigger issue with than the uh, the number of vehicles looked at. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I wish when it came to these surveys, there was a little bit more transparency with like, yeah. the number breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it definitely, it, to me, it just sounds like such an assumption.
0: Right. Right. Um, what other comments did you have here? I know you had some others here. i want to make sure we get to them. Cause I think you yeah. dove into this a little deeper than I did, especially on the data side yeah. <laughs> than, uh, <laughs> than I did.
1: Um, well, so the other interesting point that I, I wanted to mention is that I found it really interesting that no manufacturer in all the vehicles that they surveyed had a above 80 percent in predicted reliability score um i i this was actually something that really kind of blew my mind and this this is where i wish consumer reports and some of these other companies who are doing these surveys would get a little bit more in you know in the weeds with the data whereas you know like if if they're talking about like a broken door handle or like imperfect paint or like you know something that's kind of like i don't want to say superficial that's impacting a reliability right. score more aesthetic or if you will yeah. like yeah. yeah yeah That that's exactly how i'm looking at it but like you know like you have like the lexus and you know like these like really well-known manufacturers that are known to be extremely reliable yeah. and none of them had above 80 percent in reliability uh, or at least predicted reliability um the one thing I do want to point out is that the the one thing that they they surveyed as well is the technology impacting this the most is safety technology. Um, mm. So you know, like blind spot, um, lane keep assist. You know, some of these new safety technologies aren't working as well as they're designed to be. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's why I I actually think that that's why it's impacting all of the manufacturers. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Did you see any breakdown of the manufacturers like which ones had higher reliability?
1: I uh, I think that was on consumer reports article. Um Okay. Maybe I forgot to put that in the
0: I feel like I'm missing the the uh, actual
1: Yeah, that's uh I think I I think I just put the EV1 versus all of them, but I did see a breakdown somewhere. Okay. (laughs) We'll find it and we'll put it in the show notes. Perfect. But, um, but it it was, it was essentially a breakdown because, you know, I was really curious about like how Tesla fell in with like the other manufacturers because they mentioned that they fell in line in the middle of the survey. Um, and they, you know, they mentioned the model three continues to be a consumer reports recommended vehicle as well as now the model Y. Um, but, from what I remember, it was mostly like the ones you would think would be at the top, like Lexus, Honda, Toyota, and then, you know, some of those brands. Right. Um, but uh, I believe Stellantis, like Jeep, and like some of the Stellantis products were near the bottom of, of that list. Mm. Um, But we'll find it. It's it's somewhere yeah. in this article. That was another thing. This article is really hard to navigate, too. Like, I think yeah. a lot of these <laughs> are hidden behind other <laughs> web pages. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: interesting but yeah the uh i guess no no uh no manufacturer is immune i guess for to somewhat no. poor reliability <laughs> in some capacity like cars break so it doesn't matter yes. who you are <laughs> yes so
1: yep yeah you can build a good engine or a good motor but if you don't have good software it doesn't work out yeah. too well that's yeah that's fair um which actually leads me to my other comment, To um, These were more questions that I had for Consumer mm-hmm. Reports. So if anybody's listening that knows anybody there, hit me up. Um, I was curious, you know, like how many vehicles actually had battery issues? Like what was the breakdown of those specific issues? Which right. ones were charging issues or just in general, like more details of what the, the breakdown was there? Yeah. Um, you know, they mentioned that a lot of it appears to be mainly uh, software-related issues and limitations to onboard computers not being powerful enough to process the the needs of the driver as well as the needs of the vehicle, which I thought was really interesting. Um, that was and... a
0: huge concern of mine, getting into a, a vehicle with basically a touchscreen to run the whole car, <laughs> honestly. <Yeah. laughs> um that's like, it was a huge concern with my model three. I'm like, if anything's gonna break on this car or not work in a few years, it's gonna be the touchscreen and the computer. Mm-hmm. Like that's just being around technology. I just know how that works and know that that starts to fail after a few years. So I have been pleasantly surprised at how responsive my screen still is over four years later now. So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's you, still kicking, so.
1: Have you noticed any lag or any issues after four years of ownership?
0: It's definitely had some slowdown, but not so much that I'm like, oh, I got to deal with this again. Like it's never been to that extent where it's an annoyance. It's more like an inconvenience occasionally where like it won't boot up or something won't load right away. But it's not it's not much slower than it was initially just because it's trying to do so much stuff. So Mm -hmm. I honestly haven't noticed
1: a huge difference, which is good. So that is good. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm going to, we'll leave this uh, question for the audience as well. You know. <laughs> let us, let us know, you know, if you yeah. guys have had any experience with, you know, leggy, you know, load times or maybe like delayed touch responses, stuff like that. Right. Because right. we can, we'll do our own survey. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, another, another thing I wanted to mention too is the Ionic 5. A lot of people reported battery or charging issues. Well, you know, it's, it's a new platform, you know, Hyundai. And Kia, you know, in Genesis, you know, they're still developing, you know, yeah. new technologies and stuff. So, um, you know, bound to run into issues there. Once again, that was mainly due to computer issues and software issues. Right. Um, and then the other one actually relates to a vehicle Tyler and I had, the Bolt. Uh, one person who was surveyed actually in cold weather had the vehicle not shift into drive because um, he didn't let the vehicle boot up. Um I don't know why i just said it that way but we're gonna leave it that uh he didn't essentially let the computer run through its and like um initial loading
0: screen and it's like yeah
1: (laughs) like he he shifted it too quickly into drive before the car could turn itself on so like and and what was really interesting is that after he learned that that was an issue he would let the car go through its initial like sequencing and then it was fine. He never had any like other issues. So interesting. Um, I think the thing that's going to plague the auto industry for years to come is just going to be software, yeah, uh, and hardware limitations.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's the uh, yeah, hundred percent. I think that's the way so many industries are going nowadays are towards a very software-driven platform. And you're asking companies that have historically done everything mechanically. To completely shift their mindset to software, and I mm-hmm. think that's been a that's been a hard awakening for a lot of car companies to figure that out. You've got multiple vendors working in that space as well. Like most car companies, don't build every single part in the car; they're sourcing them from twenty five different yeah. companies. They're running twenty five different softwares. They're <laughs> they've all got to <laughs> communicate with each other. They've got wires running all over the place. Like. Yep. cars computers are getting increasingly more complicated and you're asking this industry to keep up with that and it's i think that's why we've seen Tesla's software and just tesla's like cars work so well it's because tesla builds every software piece in there mm-hmm. it's not them sourcing products from other people and then using their software and converting things it's all just kind of tesla built at least on the software and kind of circuitry end so that's, I think, has helped them a lot just with the simplicity of everything. Um, but yeah, that's software's uh, a, a constantly, a constant thing you have to deal with. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. it's never, it's never <laughs> solved. It's just a constant work in progress. So, yep.
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why I have so much respect for developers and oh, my gosh, work in yeah. software. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, just to bring up another point, you know, that's part of the reason why the um, Porsche Macan Electric you know that that Porsche is working on, and Volkswagen Auto Group was working on, has been delayed so much is because they keep mm. running into software issues with it. Is so, right? um, and and from reports I've seen, they've had like um, had to essentially turn over the the team. Um, I think a few times now. Um, that mm. might just be an assumption in that last comment, but um, I do know that they've had a lot of turnover in their software development, mm. trying to figure out how to make it better. Yeah. Um, so
0: it's hard with vehicles too. Cause you've usually got huge teams working on these things where you've got deadlines to get these cars shipped and you're working mm-hmm. on them six years in advance sometimes <laughs> for like the 2028 yeah. model year. Um, and you gotta have stuff done on time. So I'm sure that's a, that's a stressful environment to be in when something's got to work by a certain deadline or else the car doesn't get launched. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> for, for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, um, well, maybe we can switch to kind of anecdotally. What have you seen, either with cars you've tested or even the the EVs you've driven, has reliability or um, what was the other word I was using? Reliability or uh, gosh, I blanked on it. <laughs> I talked about at the beginning. Um, has reliability been a concern? I guess with with any of the EVs you've driven.
1: Uh, not, I mean, not really. I, I think the good understanding is just the limitations of what a vehicle is. Yeah. Um, you know, like, you know, we did have some issues with our with our Model 3 where the touchscreen would go black or like, mm-hmm. you know, it would freeze and then it would restart itself. Yeah. Um, but we never really had any other massive software issues with with our Model 3. Um you know, if we're going to talk about how like uh, trunks might impact reliability, we did have our trunk realigned at one point just because it was getting misaligned. Mm. Um, but like, you know, like our, our leaf, you know, like I know it's an older platform. Yeah, should it be better because it's been out for so long? Yes, it should be. But it's, it's older software, you know, it works as best as it can. But like what I've noticed is that Because it's older software, whenever I plug in my iPhone to do Apple CarPlay, it takes forever to connect to that. And then, like once it's connecting, it's working, but it's just I think just the data transfer, like the RAM, is just not big enough to like handle Mm. that processing, and um, which is extremely frustrating from time to time. But it's not nearly as bad as like um, our old ID4 was when it came to loading things, as well as the Bolt like that yeah. took forever to load carplay right. so right yeah yeah sometimes yeah that that's mainly it but like you know in terms of like things that drive the vehicle like the motors and like you know like the batteries it hasn't been a major concern for us like we haven't yeah. really had any issues with those
0: right right i am shocked at the amount of manufacturers that are just how do you how do i want to say this that are almost like trying to not retrofit necessarily, but like adapt their old touchscreens and old software platforms to add all these new features that are like EV specific or just upgrade them, I guess. Like you mentioned CarPlay, like mm-hmm. that needs more processing power. You can't use the same computer you've been using for five years. Like you need a yeah. better computer in there. So I, I almost see that, Like I am amazed at when I see like a brand new model year, I get in it and it's like, this looks like it's 10 years old. Like, <laughs> did nobody look at this software? Like, you, you can tell when companies have actually made it a point to improve that. Like, Ford's oh, new for sure. new setup and their F 150s and the Mach E with the big vertical screen. Like, clearly, somebody took a look at that and was like, we need to build this from scratch to like for these vehicles. And it's responsive, it works well, mm-hmm. has the features you need, all this stuff. But even testing like the the EV six and some of those those platforms is like this is too slow for a vehicle in 2023. Exactly. Like yeah. if if my if my like few year old Mac is moving faster than this, then like that's a problem. <laughs> like yeah. people want software to work these days. <laughs> They're not gonna be oh, patient sure. enough to like wait for all this stuff to work. So
1: Yeah. I yeah. Know. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Like the Mini Cooper is like a prime example, like the the touchscreen is decent. But it takes forever for like wireless CarPlay to connect because it's an older iDrive system, you know, based so on BMW software. Yeah, and it just takes forever. But yeah, you know, you brought up like the the Hyundai's and Kias, like you know, like it's it's quick to respond to swiping. Yeah, but when you tap on something, sometimes it takes a bit to load, and <laughs> right. you know, that's not me bashing like you know Hyundai's or Kias because I think they're they're great vehicles. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, the cars but, are great.
0: It's just the yes. software needs to be way better.
1: Yes, so. but like like I tell like you know like our uh, dev team at Chargeway, you know the great thing about software is that it can always be improved. Right, but you need to have the entire system being improved as well. You know, yeah. like it's the behind the scenes, the servers. You know the hard drive, the RAM, you know, like the processing, all that stuff. The you know, right? it just, it needs to all work in tandem. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so hopefully the industry gets there. I mean, I give Tesla right. credit for all the improvements that they've done with their vehicles. Yeah. Um, right. But even they've had MCU, you know, issues with some of their older Oh, vehicles. yeah, the old so, Model
0: Ss are just, like, mm-hmm. bad. Like, they're not <laughs> responsive. They crash. Like, it'll literally brick the vehicle, I think, if your MCU dies. So it's yeah. not good.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, And even Rivian just had that issue too, you know, where they sent out that over the air software update and it bricked, I think like 30 cars or something like that. Is that right? Yeah, because wow. they, they uh, the I forget his title, I believe it was one of the vice presidents of software development that so some high up um, in their dev you know team uh, came out saying that it was a fat fingered mistake and that was like word for word that wow. it was a fat finger you know update Some typo they, somewhere they, <laughs> yes yeah so wow. they had to re, they had to recall it but yeah it bricked like yeah. they were warning people do not update this like we'll wow. send out a new one wow yeah. so that's know. wild yeah So but i give you them know, credit <laughs> transparency yeah,
0: i didn't find this out till recently but it makes a ton of sense um, when software updates roll out they purposely do that on like a small number of vehicles first, and then we'll continue to roll it out on more and more vehicles. So like, I know some people get antsy when like a new Tesla update drops. They're like, why haven't I gotten it yet? It's like, that is pretty standard software update protocols. You don't update mm-hmm. everything at once because if there is a problem, then everything has a problem. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> if you just update a few or a small handful, then only a handful have a problem. You can address it before you roll it out to mm-hmm. all vehicles in the fleet. So, um, That's my, my word on a software update and be patient with (laughs) those kind of things.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, you, you, that's, that's a really good point. Like whenever I download an update for my iPhone, it says requesting update, you know? So like at some point it's communicating back to Apple that, Hey, I want this update. And I don't know like the full process of, you know, like if they have to verify it or whatever, but like, it's a good form of quality control to make sure that things are going to work, you know, for the masses. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but outside of software, before we wrap up here, um, I think on the, the battery and charging side, I think we've talked about a lot of the like public charging reliability and stuff, so I won't even get into that. But more on the vehicle <laughs> side, I think a lot of drivers just need to know what they're getting into on whatever vehicle they're getting um, in terms of charging reliability and, and things like that. Because there are certainly vehicles out there that have issues charging. Um, Mm -hmm. whether it be low speed, the inability to precondition, uh, having just like poor battery, not poor necessarily, but like worse off battery chemistry that just like can't work as well. and doesn't have a good charging curve. Like there's so much nuance with charging time and speed of charging among all these vehicles. It's just important to know that going in. Um, not that you can't get away with a vehicle that charges slower, but just know that going in. Like, it's not going to be a good road trip car if you could only hit 50 kilowatts, <laughs> like as an example. So, <laughs> um, but like you even ran into that with your bolts, like it wouldn't latch properly to some chargers to be oh. able to, to activate charging. Like there's little things like that. I think yep. with a lot of models out there that just leads you to have poor reliability, whether it's intentional or not.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I do. Now that you mentioned the whole bolt, just in case if someone's a newer <laughs> bolt owner, uh, in order to uh, to work through that, you actually need to hold the connector up while it's doing the handshake from the car to the charger, and that should connect or create like a reliable uh, reliable. This is this episode <laughs> is dragging on. A reliable connection, and uh, your car should start charging, and then you can slowly <laughs> drop the connector. It's just small <laughs> things like that, you know. That's it's right. Like, who so who would have <laughs> Yeah, so easy to know all these little nuances. Yeah. <laughs> should have just kept horse and buggies that would have been easier (laughs) but i'll at least plug uh
0: plug chargeway again because i think that's a great way to check out vehicles that you might think about buying because it could you can clearly see like all right if i get this vehicle where can i charge how fast will it be all of these things you probably have questions about looking for an EV. so my recommendation is always go with something that probably has more capability than you need, at least on the battery and charging side, like get as much range as possible, get as fast charging as possible. I think that just ends up leading to a better experience generally <laughs> with EVs. You don't want to be limited to to slow charging. Um, you can save a little bit up front, but with the way prices are right now on vehicles and stuff, I think it's worth spending a little extra to get faster charging and a little bit more range, all that stuff, so
1: for sure yeah and okay. just just be mindful of model years you know it's yeah. very similar to all technology the earlier you know a vehicle is built or right. a product is built you might run into more issues you just yep never know <laughs> yep exactly
0: yeah. so well anything else to add or wrap up with
1: i i will try better next week for having a living electric moment <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'll just treat say that. the
0: planet a little bit better, will you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'll try to try to do more, Alex. Yeah. No, I just I just want to circle back. You know, uh, let us know what types of issues you might have run into with EV ownership. Um, yeah. You know, be it big, small. You know, I think it would be really cool to talk about that stuff. So let us
0: know. Sounds good. Cool. We will talk to you all next week.